So today on the podcast, I'm thrilled to have John Harvey with me. Uh, John's someone who I've been a huge fan of for many years. Not only is he great fun to hang out with, but he runs the Samfire Club, which for me is the premier networking club in the Southwest. If you need to know someone or you need to get to know someone, there's a good chance that John already does know them. And I think the advantage of getting someone like John on is because he can talk to us not only what it's like to be a solopreneur and run his own business very successfully, but also he can help people overcome any anxiety they might have when it comes to networking. So, like I said, John, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And to put this in context, listeners, we are sitting in the most beautiful sunny room at the Alfton Hotel in Truro, which is one of my favourite hangouts. And seriously, it's October and the sun is pouring in and we're drinking coffee and we're shooting the breeze. And it's fab. It's very, very nice. I, I, this is very, this is perfect, isn't it? Absolutely. It is indeed. So for the people who may not have come across the Samfire Club, can you just fill us in, I guess, your, your origin story, how you got started? Yeah, sure. My background funny enough, is sales and business development. So I did a business studies degree way back in the day, early 80s or late 70s, early 80s. Didn't know what I wanted to do. I was in London and um, I ended up, fell into it, ended up saying life insurance, commission only. Yeah. I mean, God almighty. I did it for four years, but it teaches you how to sell, traditional sales, you know. Mm. So you have to make your own appointments, you have to generate your own leads, you have to overcome objections you have to learn how to close the deal so much so that if you came back to the office with a deal you had to ring a bell it was very American oh, wow. it yeah. was I, I I look back on that now and I cringe it was just extraordinary <laughs> yeah but it t- it took me a lot and after four years I didn't want to do it anymore it, it wasn't so much the sales I actually it taught me that I really was interested in people I love people but financial services bores the hell out of me. But it is, it's still important to this, and it will always be important. If you don't have a will, if you don't have life insurance, you really should. Yeah. You know, you should. You don't have to be sold it, but go and buy some. But I got out of it, and I fell into international career, so DHL, TNT, that world. My parents were expatriates, so I was used to flying all over the world. That was the kind of semi-appeal, the fact that we were dealing worldwide. I did that. I was with TNT in London for four, four and a half years. And then I got headhunted around the airport. It's a very incestuous little world that everybody knows, everybody, the freight forwarders, etc. But I did that very happily and I was classically, I was a suit. I was, you know, a business development person. Titles I have had, sales executive, business development, area sales manager, territory manager, major accounts manager... It's all the same thing, really. You are looking after clients and you're bringing in new clients. I did it for a long, long time. Really loved it. And the reason I ended up in Cornwall, where I am from, I was born here. I am from Cornwall. I I got married and then I had a marriage breakdown, got divorced and ended up selling a really beautiful three-bedroom flat in Clapham with a garden that will be paid off now. Yeah. Yeah, it would be worth quite a lot, but never look back, guys. There's another life (laughs) tip there. (laughs) No regrets. And so I bought a cottage in Penzance and did it up, and then moved back to Cornwall to join TNT down here. Huge, you know, salary drop. It was 
an indoor tele sales role. I mean, it was such a God. You know, but to me, it was it was a step, a way to get back into Cornwall. I stayed there a year, then left to join one of the clients who were a small family company who had a warehouse who were consolidating. They didn't have their international arm set up properly, so I helped them do that. And I ended up, I stayed there for, God, six, seven, eight years. But latterly, and this is where the networking comes in, latterly... I was I was doing the business development, so I was doing a little bit of networking. So there were one or two local business clubs and the Cornwall Chamber of Commerce. But latterly, we pulled in a consultant to help turn the business around, who actually just said, John, I want you to network full-time. Just go out there and do your thing. Very interesting. No targets. Wasn't allowed in the office. And just, here's a car and here's an expense account. Go and do whatever you want to do. And this is somebody who... It's an ex-McKinsey consultant who has no understanding of people, no understanding of sales and marketing. Yeah. And I remember saying, you know, this is a huge leap of faith. But their answer was very pragmatic and very interesting. It was, the numbers will tell me within three months. And actually, yeah, they will. You know, it's like, I am in my comfort zone, which is spreadsheets. I'm letting you go into your comfort zone, which is people. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. And you know what? We've had our differences over the years, but God bless him for that. I owe him a lot. I'm not going to embarrass him by naming him, but that taught me very quickly that I have found what I really love. I just like hanging out with people yeah. and helping people. And I, because I've been in that sphere for so long, I had a vast accumulated knowledge. That's bad English, but I just knew an awful lot, so I became rapidly known in Cornwall as the logistics guru, you know, if you want to know about export, you need to speak to John, to the point that export Cornwall, I became a sort of key part of that as well. That led to people then working with us as a company. So it it sort of all made sense. Again, if I read lots of books, I started reading books on the subject of networking. I thought, this is something I really like. Are there any books on the subject? And do you know what? There's hundreds. There are loads. But I started reading around the subject and picking up tips. And because I had carte blanche and I wasn't allowed to go to the office, I had to find things to go to. So I just went to almost... Ah, there was a time when... And it was... It could be... I was accused of going to the opening of an envelope. And it was actually a fair observation because I would be... I would be there. Yeah. I also like a party. So if it's a, a restaurant opening or a product launch or something... I like that kind of thing, very, yeah. or award ceremonies. So last night, we were recording this this morning, last night I was at the Cornwall Tourism Awards in Troy Cathedral. 400 people, it's a great night out. But crucially, from a networking point of view, that's the creme de la creme of the Cornwall hospitality industry in yeah. one place, drinking. So, yes. you know, stay focused, and if you treat it properly, you can get an awful lot done. Or you can have a really good time. Or the trick is to find the balance. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? It's kind of um, yeah. I think yeah, with 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 networking, it's it. The worst people are the ones that sort of do the room and hand out their cards or mm. collect cards. Mm. And I remember when I first started, I was thinking, is that what I need to do? Do I need to keep getting my card out there? Yeah. But actually, I just it's much easier kind of to find one person you quite like and just have a chat with them and go, well, that'll do because that's one more person I know. I would concur. I, I mean, so last night there were 400 people in that room. Um, my, my, yeah, I would say to anybody, if you're going 
to an event like that with the sort of one of your aims is to network, if you come away having met one or two really interesting, good people, yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Rather than, well, I spoke to about 20 people, but you won't have made an impression on any of them, probably. No, I think it's, yeah, know? it's tempting, isn't it? To kind and of... here's the other thing. When you get more sophisticated, uh, you know, most people, I would say 99% of the people there probably arrived not knowing what table they were on, because why would you? And having to go to the table plan and find out what table they're on and then start looking around the room and see if there's anyone they recognise, etc. Whereas... I had the table plan emailed to me first thing in the morning yesterday. So I had a whole day to work out everyone who was going to be in that room, which ones I knew, which ones I didn't, and crucially, what table they were all on. Yeah, but that, I, I remember you've talked about this before. It's kind of, um, if we're going to, we're going to get into net- okay, yeah, yeah, sure. go deep on networking, but I think it's, I'd love to put it like, I'll have lots of questions. That's okay. the best thing. And people can chop and change where they, yeah. they do this. But I know you've mentioned before, if you want to make a success of an event, knowing who's going to be possibly attending is a massive advantage because you can do your, your research on them beforehand, Huge. what they're up to. and So, how, so how, how would I go about doing that? Again, you need to get hold of the delegate list. Yeah. Some people, again, that will probably come down to how well you know the people who are organising the event. Yeah. So do you have a relationship with that company? Crucially, it'll be, if you do... How good is your relationship with the event organiser, probably in the marketing department? Yeah. Um, there is now a GDPR issue about it. Yeah. Some people really won't, and that's fine. Other people do. Interestingly, I was at an event at breakfast recently, which was put on by a law firm, a large law firm. Yeah. And I said to them at the end, I said to the organiser, why didn't we get a delegate list? Not even sent out before or not even on the table. And they went, well, we can't do that because of GDPR. And I went, no, but you can because one of your competitors actually on the booking form has a tick-in opt-in box that if you do not want your details shared, you tick. Otherwise, we're going to share your details. And you've opted in, so it's absolutely fine. So a lot of time you can get the list. Yeah, so that's good. That's a good one to kind of immediately, if you're being strategic... Yeah. Get to know who's organising it, and oh, not it's, it's yeah. like I said, not butter them up, but it's like you can put in the groundwork. Absolutely, I remember think you've told me before. It's it's always nice to thank the event organiser always before and after always because nobody does it. No, nobody does it ever. So last thing you do before you're actually at an event, last thing you do before you physically leave is seek out the person who's organised it and make a point of finding them and thanking them and telling them how much you've enjoyed the event and how productive it's been. I normally now quite often say to them, and if you want a quote from me to to send out, to put out as part oh, of your... Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I said, I'm happy to do that. You know, I, I don't think it is... Well, there's a danger you can come across as something like an egotistical git. But for me, I don't... It's probably how you say it, the tone, but yeah. it's you're offering to help. These days, I'm very conscious, you know, much more now that... Actually, if I do a testimony like that, because it's coming from me, mm-hmm. that's going to have some weight. And that sounds arrogant, but it's a fact of life now. If, yes. You know, it's the fact that A, I was at their event, and B, I'm publicly saying it was very, very good. I found it very useful. So that's before you leave. And then afterwards, either drop them an email the following day, or if you really want to stand out, send them a handwritten note. 
Yeah. Just saying. So interestingly, last night. So you know, it's half. It's the the morning after, as you say, from the awards last night. Yeah. The caterer was actually a, is a Sunfire member yes. who got the gig because I'm I introduced her to the organisers, but as proposed nothing. I've sent her a text this morning already, just going, "Good job, well done." Yeah, I don't have to do that. But I think that's also that's part of it is kind of um, with your network. You, you're you're always nurturing. You're always tending mm. to it. It's a bit like flowers, isn't it? It's that thing if you have to keep an eye on them. And kind of keep always like little nudges and little mm. reminders, and because I think that's I always talk about the balance of if clients, it's, it's there are three things that you need to line up, which is they need to understand. Okay, I need to I need what you offer, which is say branding, mm. and then I also need to know. Okay, have we got budget to afford the person I want? Mm. So if they can think branding, great, they understand it. But then they got to remember yeah. you, mm. and then they got to work out can I afford you? And yeah. if once the budget, the need, and the person aligns you're in with a shout but you can't control the budget or the timing but the awareness you can and that, yes. that constant checking in that's what I call yeah. you have to be on their radar yes and the flower analogy for me the analogy I use is an allotment yep, yep. so your network is like your allotment it needs to be tended looked after nurtured but it will provide for you for life Yes, because referrals, I mean, also the, that's always another whole minefield of people are scared to ask and ways of asking. Oh, they're terrified. But, but it's that thing of, a lot of people I know, they, they, they get a huge amount of business just from that. And yeah. it is a lot of, they'll just say, I've got a gap coming up. Do you yeah. know of anyone who yeah. needs what I offer? Yeah. And, and it's kind of, oh, yeah, there's a couple of people. And they'll do it. And, I, and again, if someone asks me, yeah. I'm happy to do it. But we're all yeah. terrified to ask. It's oh, weird. I think it's probably, going back to my sales days, it's that fear of no. It's fear of rejection. So this is interesting because I know, I didn't know that I, you I know you're a very good people person, yeah. but that sales training is always slightly fascinating to me because yeah. from a creative point of view, it's it's the one it's a consistent struggle pitching, mm. asking for the sale, and that anxiety of like being too scared to ask. So what would you? Well, so we'll get back to networking, but okay. because we're on this yeah, now, yeah. How, what what tips have you got for coming that? Do you know what? And it's very real. It is. The reason people will not ask for a referral or they will not ask, have you made a decision yet on our proposal, is they're terrified it's going to be bad news. It's going to be no. Yes. So to avoid that, you just don't ask. Yeah. And then and then if you are in a position where in, you're a sales exec and you're in your sales meeting with your sales manager, you know, if you haven't, if you haven't, if you haven't asked and it hasn't been rejected, it's still a live ongoing prospect. So you said working on it. And you're deluding them, you're deluding yourself. Yes, but it's so weird, isn't it? It's, it's almost more comfortable. It's much more comfortable. It's like, no, I'm working on that. It'll, you know, uh, yeah, I'll follow them up next week. And sometimes there comes a point of actually, you get over it. It's like, you just need to know one or the other. And if it's a no, fine. At least you know and you can move it, on. Just get rid of it. And I think when you get more sophisticated, it is, you are more likely to get a yes if you've done all the prep properly and yeah. you are talking to or have presented to the right person yes and yeah. i think there's also that thing i heard someone say the phrase don't say no for the other person so the analogy would be you see someone attractive at a bar and you think oh i'd love to ask them out but then mm. you go but they'll probably say no so i'm not going to bother yeah and then it all happens in your head and, and you know what traditional sales turning it's a traditional sales turning training yes Oh, there's a job for the editor. Training will 
will show you that it is a numbers game. So to that one, if you went up to 100 women in a bar and said, can we go out tonight? Statistically, some will say yes. Yes, no, I've... But, but you have to get over the fact that an awful lot of them are going to say no. no. They might try to have you arrested or whatever. But uh, if you asked 100 women, would you go out with me? Some are going to say yes. I've had and friends And that in is the past. traditional sales cold calling. Here's a phone book. Just start making phone calls. Yeah, because that's funny. Because that is... Because I think sometimes I know that I certainly get bogged down in wanting to do it properly so you're mm. kind of you put you invest so much into like right i've got to get it right i've got to really be invested but as you say it's a numbers game in a little so you there's a balance isn't there you can't be too kind of high do you need what i offer okay that's fine no but there is an art to it but also you have to accept if you've got to be asking uh, yeah i mean these days everything i do is relationship based so by the time you by the time you get to the well you you get to the point where you probably don't have to ask because they are going I need to do something with you. Can we do it? So, yes. so I've reversed it. So my approach now is never to sell to them, but to make it easy and attractive for them to buy from me. Yeah. But there comes a point where you may need to ask. But my 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 I think my point is now is if you've invested the time into building the relationship to where it should be, like you and I now have a relationship whereby we could I could actually say it to you and like Thad, something's just occurred to me. We've never actually worked together. How the fuck has that happened? Yeah. Why have we not worked together? And it's the tone, it's the yes. phrase, and it's a giggle. But there's an underlying message to it. And you might, and you can sit there and go, I've no idea. Yes. That's ridiculous. We should collect, we should do a project. And you can... That's it. And it's that easy in a way. That it's when that you, easy. But, but it's easy because you've put the time in. Absolutely. You and could not do that with a stranger. No. And I think the one thing I've always said to people is to be realistic and, and patience is massive. So you might meet someone at a networking event... Mm. And you might think, well, I, I called them, we had a chat, and nothing happened. Oh. And you kind of are like, well, what was the point? Yeah. But I'm kind of saying to people, I reckon about 9 to 18 months before you close that lead, if at all. So I, it's going to take, what, 20 other coffees and meetings before yeah, you yeah. come close. I, my rule of thumb is probably 18 months. Yeah. And I say to people, that sounds like a very long time. Uh, and it, potentially it is. But you can't just have the meeting and then do nothing you have to nurture it so as you say coffee maybe lunch ping start talking to them on linkedin or whatever but you start nurturing this relationship and again it kind of fundamental things is people buy people want to work with people they like so if they like you they will probably want to work with you it will always be on their agenda not yours yeah so you may and you may have shown them that their website needs attention and they know it needs attention but they've got a to-do list that's well, it's there are other things that yeah. are more important. So it's on that list, but it hasn't got to the top, and they won't do it until they're ready. Not when you're ready, and that buggers your cash flow sometimes, and you get your hopes up. And and the other thing I hear consistently is, John, I've emailed them, I've emailed them a proposal. I haven't heard anything. In fact, I followed up and sent. I still haven't heard anything. Yeah. And it may actually more so when they haven't met them. You know, they so, said, "I've just emailed. I've done my research. I found the decision maker. I've, I've sent them an email." And they're not coming back to me. And I, and I now know. And they, I say to people, oh, it hasn't been read. Yes. No, what do you mean they're not reading my emails? I said, well, they don't know you. So trust me, take it from me. They'll delete it. Yeah. I don't read emails from people I don't know. Very, very rarely. It has to be something really good in the subject line, like a mutual friend or something. Yes. I don't touch them. I don't need to. Uh, I may be missing some good stuff, but that's fine. 
But and I, the only reason I know this is true is I was sitting, I was at an event, it was, it was the rugby, and I was sitting next to the guy over lunch who was the MD of a big company. Yeah. And I just asked him, because we, we were talking about this kind of stuff, and I went, how many emails did you get a day? And he went, I don't know, about 300, 400. And I went, how many did you read? And he went, about six. And I went, that's quite specific. Do you have a system? And he went, yeah, anything that, a scan, anything that is pertinent to what I'm working on, I'll read. Everything else I delete. Because if it's really that important, they'll come back to me. And I went, thank you. That just proves, that's confirming what I know, that people like you at that level, you don't have time. Equally, people at that level, they'll have a PA probably that's reading their, screening their emails anyway. Yes. Um, and, but he was very interesting because he said, John, for people in your network at my level, if you need to get hold of us quickly, how would you do it? And I went, text. I'll send you a text because you will see that. And it will be as simple as, need to talk to you, urgent, or need to talk to you at some point, not urgent, whenever you can. Yes. And he said, that's annoying because, yeah, I would see a text. But equally, I said... I think actually one of the golden rules is ask your people in your network what is their preferred method of communication because it will be different for all of them. Oh, that's the Some people thing. will go, actually, they no, just email me, John, or on my private email, or text me, or some people it's as simple as actually, do you know what? Pick up the phone. Yeah. People are terrified of that as well. People are picking up the phone. And, it's just, it, and one thing that strikes me as really funny is we all live with our phones, this day, mm. they? they're glued to our hands. And yet, we don't use them to make phone calls very often. No. It's not me texting or emailing or... We yeah. don't actually make phone calls. Sometimes I like to phone people just for the sake of scaring the shit out of them. It's true. If I phone you, I kind of think... I don't think he'll pick up, so probably I'll DM him on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably the best way. For me, Twitter's yeah, always you know, good. The irony is I don't use Twitter, but only probably just yeah. DM you. That's it, pretty much. But like you say, it's what gets seen. And I think the uh-huh. one thing I, I like that you were talking about, which is... If they don't know you, they're never going to open it. So yeah. I think I've noticed like a lot of people have mentioned this, whether they realise it or not. Well, after you meet someone mm. and they're kind of interested in what you're doing, but going to meet them mm. sort of unlocks it to go, okay, you've made the effort to come and meet with me. Yeah. I like you. I, I was right. Mm. Let's start working together. Yeah. And so it's that first meeting yeah. will unlock a lot of things. And, and for me, that's coffee. Yes. And I think people like, so being down here in Cornwall, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to work with, clients in London mm-hmm. for me uh, again another tip you've given me which is I remember when you used to when I'd meet you you'd, you'd invite everyone mm. to like the same place yep. and schedule them in so you could meet yep. loads of people in a day yep. or if you're up in London I would often arrange to have coffees with about five or six people yep. in a day yep. within the within walking distance yeah so you're kind of you go up there you have the chat and you just see it as a day of this is all networking. Yeah. And it's and most people you think, well, what's it leading to? But it's so valuable because then once you've met them it's planting seeds. Then you can do the emailing and it's more yeah. likely to get seen. So it is that you've got to almost start you with that. You can make so much more impression face to face than you can by an email. Equally the fact if so we're in Cornwall, you're let's say it's London, if if you are prepared to make the effort to go to London and see them on their territory. Yeah. People love that. Yes. Because they take you more seriously. And I think it was Mark McCormack in his book, What They Don't Teach You at Harvard Business School. Yes, yeah. One of the things that he always stuck with me is he, he would always say, I will fly 5,000 miles for a five-minute face-to-face. Oh, really? That's interesting. And I would conc- and like you will go to London. I will go for a half an hour or a ten-minute meeting. Yeah. If it's that important, if I think they really something I want to, because, yeah... Well, it says you. I mean, it's it's your it's your intent again, isn't it? It's, it's kind of. It's your intent. I'm I'm serious about. But that point you make about 
making it work for you rather than going scattergun around find somewhere central yeah and book time slots so for instance i do it here at the alveson hotel when i'm in exeter yeah i work out from the hotel to van and everybody knows that so if i put on linkedin i'm in exeter today everybody next to will know if they want to find me yeah, that's no, the first right. place they will come and look yeah so so one day this week i I'd stayed there overnight, but I was swimming in their pool at seven because it's heated outdoors. I had breakfast at eight. I went back to my room to sleep because I was tired because it was a long night, night before. I then had a second, a, bre- a late breakfast meeting at 11, a lunch at half past 12, a coffee at half past two, a coffee at half past three, and then come back to Cornwall. But a really productive day, but I don't have to move. No, and I think that's the key because. I'm not paying things like parking. Yes. And all the stress that comes with that. Oh, I've got to find someone to park. La, 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 la. It's all hidden time that eats things up. Yeah. And I know that like that is the commuting, and you can be travelling, and then something out of your control can delay. And actually, you. as well, if you're in one place and they're coming to you, there is something that's just occurred to me off the top of my head now as well. This really is life, guys. There's something that is really cool is the fact that you can actually say to them, "What do you want to drink?" Yeah. And they'll go, "Well, I'll have a coffee or a latte or something." And go. Fine, and you just look up and say, just about that, put it on my tab. Because you're running a tab anyway for the day. Yeah. It's just, it's a little generous thing. And it's, and equally, if you get to use the same place over and over again, you build a relationship with the venue. Yeah. I have venues now that do not charge me for tea or coffee, simply because of the publicity I give them and the fact that I do other stuff with them. Yeah. So I will run events with them, but tea and coffee to them is that's a giveaway yes don't well, charge them it's almost better to keep you turning up and absolutely bringing people in because i've had that when i used to do the mentoring i'd bring people here yeah because again like it's so easy parking is is mm. weird but the parking is one of the benefits like mm. you can just park if you want to get if the meeting runs over there's lunch you like you've got the catering yeah parking and it's quite nice it's quite upmarket oh there is this perception of me that i just swan around hanging out in really cool hotels that's a perception the reality is I do stay in really, I do base myself in really nice hotels, whether I'm in Bristol, Exeter, Plymouth or Cornwall. I don't have an office, but we can come into my business model separately, but I do. Yeah. But actually it's very, very strategic. It's very thought through and it is, as you said, it's very productive because what are the, what are the, the niggles? Parking, Wi-Fi. Yeah. Is there somewhere, is there the potential to have a private conversation? Yeah. So the hotel to my Exeter has enough little nooks and crannies where if you want to do what we're doing you can yes but if you want to be visible so i have my favorite seat in the corner of the bar which faces the door i can see everybody if you want to be visible you can be and the fact is you're never going to be the only one using it for meetings so you will by definition then have serendipitous you'll bump into lots of people yeah that you know which is staying on the radar thing again. absolutely and trust me they'll go oh, i'm so glad i bumped into you john because i need to talk to you about this and trust me, they won't have remembered, they won't have emailed you. It's just because you're suddenly in front of them, they go, oh, geez, you just reminded me, I need to... Yeah. And a lot, a lot comes from that. Yeah, that's, that's really good, actually. Or they'll be with someone yes. that you don't know. And go, oh, God, do you not know? And you go, no. And, you know, and they'll go, John, it's this ace networker, you need to meet him, you do the card thing. And all of a sudden, you've got someone else to... There's also a little bit of kind of, um, when you're meeting someone else afterwards, it's quite nice to kind of like be, oh, sorry, I'm meeting... 
So we have to. So it gives you a chance to kind yes. of wrap things up. Yes, it does. But also, it looks. I, I, maybe this is me, but I think it looks more impressive if whoever you're meeting with has got someone. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow, they're in demand. Yes. No, it does. Again, perception. Yes. So no, that I, I've, I've used that tactic, and I think yeah. it's great. Like I said, I can pitch myself here, mm. and like I'll do two and a half hour mentoring sessions, and it's like if, if it bleeds into lunch. It's not a problem to go, look, let's get some lunch if it's going well. Mm. You know, and it's a very different, so yeah. I True story. Good. And this is something, this is how not to do it. Yeah. I was, I was next to recently, I was having lunch at the Hotel de Vaux with someone, and it was lovely, but we were ever running. I thought my next coffee was, I was half an hour out in my head. But anyway, one of the receptionists came across the restaurant, and wait, Mr. Harvey, there's someone asking for you. And, I've, and I'm going, they're half an hour early. Tell them, you know, da, 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 da. go back and tell them that if they're prepared to wait, I'll be wrapped up in about half an hour. Or if they're not, apologise for me and I'll call them and we'll reschedule. And they went off and conveyed the message. And it was only when they'd gone, I suddenly thought, how arrogant, how rude. I can't even excuse myself for a minute to go out. I've never met them either. Yeah. I, I, that's not how. That's how not to do. Yes. Yeah. Fortunately, they were very understanding because I immediately emailed and apologised for being a complete dick and said I must seem very arrogant. I'm not, and I don't know what possessed me. But and we had a great meeting. Yeah. Eventually, but you know, just. Oh, but it was so funny the fact that the staff are actually they they actually treat it like it's my office. Yes, you're they're like a PA. They it's are like a PA. And like... people do come into there and go, is you know, I'm looking for John Hub and they go, Yeah, he'll be in the bar in his normal corner, you know, da 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 it's just, just funny. And also so I think um when we go on to this it's also so networking, so I, I wanna break down kind okay. of, uh, things to do. Okay. So I love the idea of before the event you kind of, if you can get access to who's going to go, mm-hmm. and then obviously you can do a little bit of due diligence on yep. key people you want to speak to, what they look like, what they've been working mm-hmm. on. And I guess that would come from sort of social media profiles and, their, and the company website. If you take it back a step before that, yeah. I think one of the most common things, one of the things I come across the most vis-a-vis networking and why people find it either difficult or they don't find it to be productive for them yeah. is... They they don't have any strategy. Yes. Traditionally, people if you say to people what is networking, they'll go oh because you've got to go to events and you've got to take your business cards. Yes. And it's a pain. You've got to go and talk to strange people. Blah blah blah. Um, that's their view of networking, and it's almost like one day a week I'm going to go networking, and they will just see what events are going on, normally the visible frothy ones, and they go to them. But scattergun, they'll go to here, here, here. Yes. And they won't derive very much from it because it's. It's almost an afterthought. There's no strategic thinking gone into it. But that's normal because, you know, that's how most... That's conventional. And so very quickly they perceive it to be costing them time, money, and gets demoralising. And they're always looking for the return on investment. Either it's their company, so they're shelling out, or their finance director is shelling out and they're racking up expenses. Yeah. And all they want to see is, well, what are we getting from this? Yeah. So it's a reappraisal of your... It's resetting the expectations. So for me, it's like... And when I consult with companies, it's what do you think network is and how are you currently going about it? How do you do your business development? Because if you want to do networking or embed networking as part of your new business development or your marketing strategy, you need to understand what it is and yeah. there won't be anything quickly. 
which means finance director, you're going to have to subsidise this for probably 18 months without seeing a whole lot back, Yeah. which makes them very uncomfortable. And then you start talking about return on relationships rather than return on investments, which makes them even more uncomfortable because at this point they have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And then you reinforce it by telling them that it's not stuff they can put in their spreadsheets and measure by which time they are going pale. Yes. The marketing director will be normally going... Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> but then you say, but you do need to pay for it. Because, but there is a timeline. Actually, so when they become a client, we can show you a timeline from first meeting to coffee to lunch to da-da-da. And actually, you can add up the cost involved. Yes. With the spreadsheets. I said, but equally, when you add that number up, in that intervening period... They may have introduced you to one or two clients already who have spent money with you. That money needs to be accredited to them in yes. their plus column. And actually, it may not have cost you as much as you think, but by taking your time and building that on very solid foundations, that will be a client for life unless you screw it up. So, 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 so the lifetime value of said yes. client, factor that in. You are playing a much longer, longer game. Um, and that is how you do networking for me. It's very strategic. But start backwards. Who do you want to work with? It may be a sector. It may be... In, and you say to them, you must have a sales pipeline or a prospect list or a yeah. funnel. Yes. All that traditional set. And it's valid. And you go, all right, is it realistic? Do these people know who you are? Can they afford you? Are they going to be nice to work with? Have you done due diligence, as you yes. would say? Because once you narrow that down... Somebody like me can actually say, fine, let's go round them up because I know where these people do network. Or mm. actually, I probably know some of them, so I can shortcut you. But you are then concentrating your effort in the right manner. It's, it's just focused. And that's probably where a lot of people say, I've been to networking breakfast, but there was no one there for me. Yeah. And, it, and it's, the, it's, like you say, it's probably, it's not the They don't know the who their audience is. No. And or yeah, that's they true. know who their audience is, but they don't know where to find them. Yes, and that would make sense. So if you were going to industry-specific events yep. or like you went to the Tourism Awards yep. last night, yep. if hospitality is your angle, that's kind of where you need to be because oh. there's loads of decision making. And it's that yeah. thing of just doing that little bit of th- four thoughts to go, yeah. okay, so if, if I... I, don't know, I love what you said about knowing can they afford you other people they want to work with because yeah. just because they have the businesses you want you to traditionally yeah. serve, that might not be enough. And I talk a lot about the ideal client and how yeah. you attract that so, so yeah. a lot of it is so that's great so you, you're very strategic about mm-hmm. what events you want to go to mm-hmm. who you want to reach at those events yep. so if I'm going to the event and mm-hmm. I've, I've got the event organiser and I've found who's going yep. done a little bit of research yep. the, there's always that slight oh, fearful moment I don't know if this is just human nature but you walk into a room of people and, you're, and I've had those horrible moments where you think I don't really know anyone or if I do it's like oh it's that person again no, okay, I don't want to get stuck talking to that person. Or you're yeah. just like styling it out with your drink, going, I don't want to get my phone out, but no one's talking to me. So, so, so okay, so how would, what, what, is it like a mental trickery or how do you overcome? Because your, your events, yeah. why they're so good is because of you, because you're very much, you, you're aware of anyone who's alone or if also if anyone's too encamped. Mm. You go, come on, no, you guys split up, you've talked for long enough, right, you need to meet so-and-so. And you put mm. people together. Yeah. And because you do all the sort of small talk, yeah. They when you leave, everyone's like, oh, so how do you know John? And then that is a natural conversation yeah. starter. I think that's come 
that doesn't happen overnight. That comes with experience and stuff. Going back to your... Yes, yeah, so if I walk into the room... Oh, like, yeah, oh, around oh, the headlights. Yeah. Okay, I would rewind it further than that. Okay, so you have done your due... Let's say you have done your due diligence with the guest list. Yeah. And for me, that starts with... Everyone will go, John, I presume you want to know who targets, who do you want to meet? I go, yeah. actually, yes, I do. Who's in that room? And I think, okay, it's setting a... I hate targets. I'm not a target person. But if you have a name, so I'm going to talk to two new people... You've got something to measure the event against. Yeah. Rather than, well, how was it? Well, I don't know, really. But set yourself. And once you've done that, mentally, the pressure drops. But it's, yeah, who do you want to target? But for me, and I think it's relevant for everybody, it's who is on that list? Who's going to be in that room that you actually do know? Who's, okay. Who, which members of your network are going to be present? And people go, John, why is that important? I go, well, I said, I can spend a whole day with a delegate list if I'm being, doing it really properly. I said, Every member of the, everybody in that room that I is part of my network, before I hit that room, I will have done my research and I will check my notes. When was the last time I saw them? What did we talk about? Are there any outstanding issues? I mean, do they owe me money or do I owe them money? You don't want nasty surprises. Yeah. And equally, if it was, so rather than go, oh, Thad, how was your holiday? That's good. Yeah. But it's far better to go, Thad, how was New York, by the way? Was it really cool? And people go, John, how do you remember that? And I go, I've got notes, I cheat. Yes. You know, it's like, duh. <laughs> but, and equally work out who in that room knows each other. Yeah. Who, and I made a mistake recently, I hosted a table at dinner, and I had two people at the table, which I had completely, I think I, I would put my hand up and say I was unaware, but I may have forgotten, but who really didn't get on. And I had to keep them on separate sides oh, of the table God. over to that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's another thing. But again, yeah. that will never happen again because it's in my notes in my CRM, you know. Yeah. Avoid. You, but it's that business. And I see people do this all the time. They arrive. There's quite often a registration desk with the name badges. Yeah. So the first thing they will do is just look down there, find their name badge, probably grunt a little bit. Yeah. They never engage with the people on the, the organisers on the desk. No. But then they'll get their badge and then they'll just blindly walk into the room, literally just stagger into the room and then realise what they've done and stop and panic thinking, Jesus, I'm now in the room and I have, oh, there's no one here I know. And so next thing they'll probably do is head off to where the coffee is. Yeah. That's always a good start. If you, if you, if you're... Sounds like you're watching me at TEDx. You know, oh, I, 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 but if, you're, if you are, you know, it's a good thing. The coffee place is a good place to go because people mill around there. Yeah. So that is a good thing to do. But for me, it's, I have a semi-drama background, but for me, it is you are entering stage when you hit that room. Yeah. So you pause at the reception desk or the registration desk, you stop. I would always say you engage with the people and say, I'm really, you know, it looks really good, da, da, da. Yeah. It's hard work, by the man. But then stop and before you hit the room, Scan it. Okay. Take time. Stop. Put, um, you know, shoulders, posture, shoulders back. Look, you may be feeling like shit. No, Try no, no, this is, this is absolutely but Scan the room. People will look at you because you've stopped. Make eye contact with them. Doesn't matter if you don't know them. Smile at them. If nothing else, it will scare the shit out of them because they'll think, Jesus, should I know that person or should I not? But you're not, basically, you're looking for anybody that you do know. You're looking for where do you go, your first step. So where, get starting. Okay. Where are you headed to? And when you get more sophisticated, you know that you can't interrupt two people who are talking intensely to each other or it's closed groups and open groups. Yeah. Again, well, are people who are stuck on their own looking lost, one of the best things you can do is go and save them. Yes. 
just go up to them and talk to them and rescue them. Um, you may find that there's a reason they're on their own. They're a complete duffer, in which case you have to move on and there's ways in which you move on. Yeah. Or, but again, or you go to the coffee place because everyone tends to talk around the coffee. Yes, yeah, you there's have a flow to. of traffic. And it's just, and how do you, a question I get asked, how do you start a conversation with a stranger? Yeah. I get asked that all the time. And it's actually, for me, it's really, really basic. You make eye contact, you smile, and you stick your hand out and go, hi, I'm John. Because we're humans and we're yeah. sociable, automatically, but you won't even know you're doing it. You go, oh, oh hi, I'm Thad. Yeah. So you, the first bit is done, and then you have to... You're in a conversation then, but you have to... So, dear God, not... Oh, good, what is it you do? Yes, I was going to say, that's I mean, the just, awful question. Oh, so what awful, do you do? awful. Just general questions like, you know, is this your first time at this event, or are you looking forward to hearing the speaker, or have you been to this before, or... God, I, you know, it's my first time here. I'm nervous. Is there anyone, you know, have you been before? You're a veteran. And they go, no, I'm like you. I'm, I'm a, okay, newbies, stick together. Mm. Who do you know? Do we know anyone here? You just befriend them. Yes. Um, so like you, 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 you don't, I find myself when the words come out of your mouth, so mm. what do you do? Mm. It's like a poison boomerang because I'm giving it out. And then yeah. I know it's coming back at me. Oh, oh God, they're going to ask me. So Isn't I, it shit? It's, it's really shit. So how do you... Anything but that question. Yeah, okay. And, and how do you answer that question? Though? Answer it? Yes. Oh, well, I'm asked. Yeah. Good question. Well, the, the answer to the question, what do you do? Yes, you need to rehearse. I don't like the word rehearse, but you need to be able to answer it yeah. properly. And this is a difference between somebody saying, what do you do? This is not standing up and doing an elevator pitch, which no. you get at sort of certain types of I networking, which I'm not yeah, oh. I'm not a big fan of elevator pitches. I get where it came from. I get that you should be able to say in 30 seconds succinctly what it is you do. Yeah. Most people are very bad at them because they ramble yes. and they talk about what it is they actually do rather than what it is they do for people. Yeah. One of the best ones I used to hear years ago in Cornwall was a lawyer who used to go, I'm a lawyer, I sue people. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. But she said it with a twinkle and everybody got it. It was funny. Because we, I'd always work on like your positioning, which is always, yeah. uh, I help X using. So it's like, I, I, we do branding yeah. for restaurants. It's always like your, yeah. your service for your target yeah. audience. But there's also yeah. a little bit of, I think when it introduces you, I help my target audience mm. either overcome something using what I do. Yeah. So it's like, I help booked out using branding yeah. or I help. So, yeah. or you help them achieve their number one thing or a problem mm. you solve. I think that helps kind of... It helps. That's definitely... Because it, it's, it's got to be relevant, isn't it's it? It's so definitely... Like, a, the danger is it will always sound a little bit scripted. Yeah. But that is what you're conveying. Um, really good question, actually, because I do, you know, people... With me these days, a lot of people will go... It's, it's evolved a little bit. It'll be, John, I know you go, I see you everywhere, or I've heard lots about you. What is it you actually do? Yeah. I can go one of two ways. I can go flippant... And grin and go, I eat canapes for a living. Yeah. Because that starts a conversation. And, or I go, I, you know, I'm a networker, I'm a connector, but I have a private business club with members throughout the Southwest. And so, so that's, yeah, because I like the idea that when you talk about what, what, what it is you have, which is the Sandflyer Club, and I think that... That's something I now can say. So I yeah. didn't say that in the old days, well, it was just, well, I'm a networker. Nowadays, it's like, I own the Sandflyer Club. At which point, some of them might go, oh, Jesus, I've heard about that. I've heard really good things. They went... Who knew? Isn't that fab? Or they'll go, tell me what yeah, that is. Yeah, or tell me and what then, that then is. Yeah, so and then yeah. you're into a conversation, and it's, and that conversation will develop upon, okay, so you have a private members club. What, what, what do you do? Do you put on events? What do they get from it? 
You've uh, moved on from. You've the, moved yeah. on, and it's well. I do put on events, but actually, much more importantly, these for me now is the club for what you know is a really valuable resource for the members within it, and they all contribute to that because they all have skills. They do. I. They're encouraged to collaborate with each other. It's very much part of. It's a belonging thing, whether that's a community, a family, a tribe, but it is, and I encourage it because members have beautiful sunflower pens, but they also have lapel badges. Yeah. So to go back to, if you're going into a room full of strangers, sunflower members know to look, and if they see a lapel badge, that's a fellow sunflower member. Talk. They don't know, they don't have to know who it is, but they've got an eye opening gambit straight away. Normally, because this has been fed back to me, along the lines of, you poor fucker, how do you know John? Yes. But it's kind of cool. That no, works. No, that's what I said before. When you, Even when you introduce two yeah. people, it's always, how do you know John? Yeah. And I, I, I always encourage, um, whenever I'm working with clients, to develop a process. So the big thing for me is, is ordering your positioning, your purpose, and your process. And the process is kind of like how you do what you do. Mm. So, because I think that what that does is, so we help top my target market. Yeah. So we... We, ha- we we build, you know, we help restaurants create amazing branding. For- we create amazing branding for restaurants. Mm-hmm. And then they always be using the brand engine or using whatever our process is. Oh, okay. And by giving that a name, so that's how you the do question it. is, so tell me what is the brand engine? And I've, mm. and I've read yeah. before, I think in Michael Port, who did Book Yourself Solid, he has this... I've of, read that book. He, he said, always have something to invite people to offer. Yeah. So he would be kind of like if you've got a group or or, yeah. or a community. So yeah. like with education, it's like I run a, a community to help you know inspire freelancers. Yeah. And they who go okay. So what is that? And then well, why don't you come along? And yeah. that thing of having something they can join in with uh, is a, a really good way of you know sort of letting them learn a bit more about you. It is, and actually that book was probably. Yeah, that probably was one of the first books I ever read. It's such a good book. It was given to me off someone's bookshelf, and I can't remember who, but that is such a great book, actually. But to go back to giving them something, so for me now, my standard operating procedure, that sounds awful, but if I meet someone in my follow-up email, so let's say I've met them, my follow-up email, if I want to, if I want to develop it, it will, I will say, can we have coffee? Yeah. But I always, but if I don't, if I don't want to meet them, I don't put that bit in. But I will always be along the lines of, if I can help with anything, just shout. Yep. But the but the bit that's relevant here is always, may I add you to my mailing list? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I will add to that, you know, I send out a weekly newsletter on a Sunday night. Yes. It's inviting them to come part of my community. Yeah. Equally these days, and I can afford to do it now, I couldn't afford to do it and say year one and two, and that's my journey. It's these days, if someone's interested, and we've had a couple of good jobs, I would really, you know, I'd really like to join, I think. Yes, and I, the newsletter is a really you know, nice way and of And I go, okay, you. that's fine. I said, and actually, from my point of view, you would be most welcome. You would be a lovely addition. But can I suggest something first? Come to an event as my guest. Yeah. And talk, and just see. See it up close and personal. Talk to us members. That will enable you to make an informed decision because at the moment this is your gut screaming it's an emotional decision yeah and I'm actually and arrogant but I'm actually I'm pretty certain that if you did come along and hung out with some members for a lunch or something that you'd probably think wow I want to be part of this or alternatively you'd think this isn't for me and it's better you're, you don't want to join anyway and nothing's lost no no so I think that's really that, adding that and it's also also being generous Yes. Which a lot of people aren't. 
No, that, that is that, again. It's so it's not, important. Not hard to do because you're going to stand out. And it's yeah. interesting when you were talking to us about restaurants. That is something I have learned from the hospitality yeah. world. Well, it's the generous. same way, like you said, they, they allow you to use their facilities and teas and coffees because they know that you're going to keep coming oh, back. So it costs them nothing. Yeah. So things that... Are we allowed to give book tips on this? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, so it, it's a great book for business in general, but it is hospitality. It is called Setting the Table by yeah. an American restaurateur called Danny Mayer. Yeah. I was told to read it by two leading hospitality people in my network. It's one of my favourite business books. And the things you learn from that, but it's very much about your it's restaurants. So it's your regulars, your clientele, how to look after them. Yeah. Be generous. Give them something more that they weren't expected. And also how and this is for any business, how do you deal with a complaint? Do you have a process? Because if you don't, you need one. Yeah. So and always very, very, very quickly, just acknowledge acknowledge it. There is a problem. So I'm a thank you for letting me know that you had a bad experience. I'm now aware of it. Tell them what you're going to do. Let me make this right for you. Yeah. So, of course, I will give you, you know, we're going to refund you the meal. That is fine. At which point, a lot of people would stop, go, well, we've given them their money back. Hurrah. Yeah. Not enough. Then, on top of that, we would like to invite you back as our guests in the future for dinner on us and stay over if it's a hotel. Have a night on us. Do it that way. Or it can be... You sent it out, and then the follow-up would be, do that, the follow-up would be, the general manager of the hotel, the MD of the company, if it's your company owner or whatever, phone call, maybe 48 hours later going, I'm just phoning to check, I understand there was a problem, yeah. I believe it's been dealt with, is everything all right now, are we squared away? Because I want, you know, we take it personally. No, that's huge. And most sense. people wouldn't do that. No, no, I don't think so. And it's very simple. No, I think I do like, and I agree. Like and the bean counters will freak because you're giving stuff away. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like um, after the networking. <laughs> yeah. So you've gone along and you haven't completely mm. ruined it. Okay. What's sort of when it comes to taking business cards? Like, mm. So, so what's your take on? You're having a good chat. Mm-hmm. Do you offer the business card? Do you only take business cards? Do you, oh. how, how, does, how does that fall? Ooh, yeah. Because I've always thought it's the thing of, I don't give it unless I'm asked. Okay. And so I, if I ask for yeah. the business cards, there's a point of like, now I've got, I, mm. it's up to me to follow up. I, so yeah, I'm just I tend to, I, I normally ask. Cause, yeah, because if you give them, yours, I always, I, they might not yeah, follow up, but if I no, get I always ask, I always go, yeah, do you have a card on you? Yes. Because I want the card, I want their information. And when they, they say, yeah, no, hang on, I go here, you, you know, obviously you've got to have one of mine. Yes. Sometimes I'm flipping and go, we should do the cardy thing, you know? Yes. Do yeah, that yeah. before we move on. It's expected. Yeah. Equally these days, because business cards is a whole separate subject to itself, and you're a graphic designer, so you would, this is territory, your territory. I think people should spend money on a card. Yeah. It's what you leave somebody, and it should be really beautiful. Yeah. Not so, Vista Print's never going to cut it. No. Spend no, money on your business. As much as your budget will allow, spend money. Make it very memorable. Somebody like me will probably be given, I don't know, 100 business cards a week sometimes. Yeah. That's a lot of business cards. Out of that, maybe three will make an impression. Yes. Most of them, literally, um, I, I'm honest, I will add the details into my phone, I will scan it into my phone, and then I'll chuck it. Yes. If it's a very beautiful card these days, what I tend to do now is actually photograph it and give it back to them and say, I love your business card, and I love the fact you have invested money in it, yeah. and I know how much this has cost you, 
I've, you know, I've got a good idea. Yeah. I'm actually don't want to chuck this in the bin, so please have it back. Use it for someone else. Yes. It's kind of ignore. It's I don't know. It's it's not wasting it. No, that makes a lot of sense. And then, so would you, as far as like time scales and following up, so okay. what, what, how well long to wait and what kind of thing? What okay. are you trying to push them towards? Um, that? In terms of the follow-up email within twenty-four hours. And would you make so? Do, would you make notes after the event? Oh, okay. Yes, for me, going to an event is a bit like I'm quite military with it. Yeah. Well, it sounds awful, but you know, I can give the impression of being very laid back and very kind of spontaneous and very kind of airy fairy artifacty. But underneath that, I am really I can be really ruthless. Yeah. So I went to an event once with the specific intention of meeting the headline speaker. It's yeah. The only reason I went, and I made it happen. And that person was the marketing director at GWR at the time. Great person to meet, but yeah. that's the only reason I was there. You know, Again, it's strategy though, isn't it? it that was strategy. Yeah. For me now, after, immediately after the event, schedule time in your diary. So you need half an hour to an hour immediately after the event. Yeah. If it's in a hotel, whatever, go to the lounge and get yourself a coffee and sit very quietly. And for me, it's, it's a pen of paper and a pen. And it's, as, and it's not orderly. It's as you remember it, any, any random bits of the conversation that you've had, not in order, so not I met Thad, what do I remember that? It's as they come. I just, it's like regurgitating it onto yes, the paper. But it's fresh and then life. you order it later. And that then will be put into my CRM. So it might be where you had a holiday. It might be the name of your children. And equally, this is why it's so important at an event, People get fixated and I've got to meet new people yeah. to the point they'll probably ignore their contact zone because to them, I, I know you, I've done you. And I would always flip it and go, you probably need to spend 80% of your time with the people you know, actually. Because they're going to be you're building that relationship. Well. And every single conversation you have, I don't care how well you know them, every conversation you have, hopefully you pick up one teeny mini snippet. Might be the fact the holiday or the name of a child or the fact they've been in hospital. It's, you're building that picture, and it sounds sinister, isn't it? Do you keep a file on them? But No, but I remember it's, it's a bit like that question of sort of, have you got any exciting projects coming up? Or yeah. Is there anything coming up that you're really excited about? Yeah. And I think that's kind of, because that alludes to what they're working on, yeah. get some thinking, and that's and always equally, a good, like, how did this project go? And If yeah. you're operating in a niche, yeah. so let's say hospitality, you've taken a sector, Yeah. how well informed you on that sector? Yes, industry. And you've taught me this before. Actually, and, so, and it's true. How well informed are you? I get a daily email from something called Boutique Hotel. So do I, yeah. Okay. Keeps me up to date with everything. But when I'm with them, I can go. So last night, for instance, at the awards, the Idle Rocks were there, which is a hotel down in St. Moors. Yeah. And the deputy GM is a really old contact of mine from ages ago. He used to be in Falmouth. But we were, I hadn't seen him for ages and we were yakking. And I went, Paul, Nick's gone. He's gone up to so and so. He's he jumped ship. He's gone to the Eden Hotel Group, and he went. He said, "Yeah, he has done. How do you know that?" And I went, "Oh, I keep my finger on the pulse. You know me." <laughs> but you're speaking their language. Yes. And you know, and it's and it's not just I want to work with you. It's I know by going to their specific events, I am investing my time in your sector. But it's a good. Um, and you be known as a player within the sector. It's a good conversation starter. Oh, so excellent. If, you, if you know like news they don't, mm. you're much more of like a perceived thought leader because yes. you can talk about, oh, I just saw this happen, but how, you know, if you yes. know about that. 
Oh no, tell me more. And it's kind of this thing of Absolutely. So I do think that's really valuable. So you go in with ammunition, like sort of things that you can yep. fall back on. And I, and yes, and a spin off of doing what I do now, which is sit and talk to people most day, every day, and lots of different people is the people and again the members who really savvy get that is suddenly yeah. John is a fountain of current knowledge. He will know because his that he's, expression he's finger on the pulse but yeah. I'm constantly hearing stuff yeah. some of it's very confidential which I can't divulge some, but some of it is and you just go no they're talking so and so no they're about to sell Yes, that, that's industry knowledge they're about to sell so there's no point in pursuing them at the moment because nothing's going to be happening until it's all died down no and so uh, if we go back to the, yeah. so the follow up is you've gone into the networking yeah. you've decompressed you've made some notes yeah. and you're following up via email yeah. within about 24 hours Definitely within 24 hours. And are you asking to sort of move this into a meeting for a coffee? So it's one or what? So the follow up. So you get, all right, let's start with the newbies. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty standard. Some people, some books I've read will say you need to grade them as to A, B, or C or whatever. I'm never that formal. I can't just trust my instinct. It's like, who do I want to have a coffee with? Yeah. More and more these days, I'm meeting people who, it's sort of, we touched on it earlier before we started. The people you can't, you end up with kind of like-minded people, so they yeah. will, by definition, they probably do want to meet them. So it's either for me, it's either I want to schedule a coffee, yep. or I don't want to schedule a coffee, but I want to add you into my network, mm-hmm. which will mean can I put you on my mailing list? You know, let's catch up at some point, or hope to see you in another event soon. So yep. vague, but the coffee ones are I really, you know, I really like to sit, I really like to grab a coffee at some point. That's how I phrase it. Yeah. Would love to grab a coffee at some point. And if, I, and if I want to move it forward, it'll be, I, I'm in Exeter on these dates. I'm yes. next to Exeter. And it's never soon with me, because yeah. it genuinely isn't anymore. But I think if you're available a week from now, it's a bit like a plumber. If he's available tomorrow, that's not a good sign. No. So I'm available at, you know, I'm available on these dates. Do you have any availability? Yeah. I, that's how I phrase it. It's pretty much, and it took me a while to be confident enough to do that. I used to think that's so cheeky. Why would they want to see no, me? But I think people, they appreciate giving a warning and a date. Yes. That's often the problem. When You're it's making too open-ended. It, oh, oh God, I'm now know. going back to classic original sales training. Yeah, yeah. One thing that still starts with, if you want to book your diary, yeah. okay, don't say to people, when, when you're free, it's too difficult for them. They'll go, oh, Jesus, um, da, da, da. But if you go, I'm free on the following day, always alternatives. The alternative closed. Yeah. When you're free, this date or that date. They will go for one or the other. And if they're genuinely busy on both, they'll go, can't do, but they'll then come back, but I can do this, this, and this. Yes, you force the issue. You're forcing the issue. So, can I always, if I can help with anything, yeah. just let me know. Even to people I don't really know, I just stick that in. Yeah. If it's someone I've, yeah, so no, that would be it after the event. That's how you, for me, that's how I do it. No, that's perfect. I think but it has to be within 24 hours. Longer than that, yeah. you've gone. Yes, You're you- not in their memory. Okay. And I get I, I weep when I you know with people and they go oh, I've just found all these cards in my pocket from an event last week and I'm going right they're all worthless. <laughs> no that's true and it shows efficiency and kind of being yeah much more professional well it shows you yeah it does yeah all of the above no that's fantastic so I think it's um that's a huge amount of, of value like just because well, like I wanted to bring you on to talk mm. networking and you've done it soup to nuts it's it's everything in there. To sort of sum up, is there any kind of what would you be sort of any any other tips that we might not have covered? Or what networking tips? Yeah. Mm, be interested. Yeah. In and be interesting. Yeah. Not everyone is charismatic. 
No, but it's, it's the same but, as having industry knowledge. It's kind of have something to say, isn't it? And when you are talking to someone, be in the moment. That's a cliche as well. But yeah. keep eye contact and ignore everyone. I'm sure it's happened to you. It's certainly happened to me where you're talking to someone and you're aware that they're looking over your shoulder to see yeah. who else is in the room and it's the only one more important than you that they need to go and see. And you're thinking, you're not with me really, are you? No, but, that, but that's massive because there is that book, The Charisma Myth, and they talk about who's really charismatic. Yeah. And a lot of it is you just pay full attention to that person for that brief moment you're with them. And it's by Olivia Fox Cobain and she has these techniques that allow you to sort of focus and also shut up yeah. so she'll say think of the weight of your tongue in your mouth okay and all she does is you just you just listen to what they're saying and you're kind of because you're thinking about this this look of concentration and intent bill listening. clinton was a master that's what she i mean the thing is she refers to him oh, okay Absolute and you're always going to go i mean it depends on what gender he's talking to yeah but because <laughs> of his reputation but still it's yeah. that thing of they all say he made them feel like the most important thing in the room yeah and you know what it is so, so true. Yeah. It doesn't have to be long either. No. It could just be a really good talk. And linked, and that links nicely into, I can't remember who the quote is by, I can never remember who it's by, but that is, people won't remember what you said, they won't remember what you did, but they will remember how you make them feel. Yeah, it's Mara Angelou, isn't it? There Fantastic you go. Quote. Yeah. I knew you'd know. But it's, that is almost a recipe for, that's essential if you're going to network well. Yes. Take that on board, and it is my, my sort of, the way the glib thing is, I would like to think that after I have spent time with someone at coffee or chat at an event, A, I've made them smile. Yeah. And B, I don't know. Even if it's just the even if it's just about to go, don't know what he's talking about, but he's kind of wacky. Yeah. But no, you just You're like leaving an impression. impression. Yeah. Most people, I mean, life's miserable enough anyway. So if you can brighten up someone's day, that's a really, that's why comedy's so important yeah it's escapism escapism. that's a good thing i think so be interested yeah for for us be interesting um be curious yeah it's linked to be interested but be curious genuinely show a curiosity ask questions and really be genuine about it and my biggest tip would be not be be nice yes oh it's such cliche and it's so so glib but you know be nice but i think what you're saying what comes across to me is it takes the pressure off. Mm. So I think the pressure comes from networking, thinking I have to make a good impression to the room. Yeah. And I and people are watching me, and nobody cares. Nobody's interested no. in what I'm doing. And everyone's as scared as you are. Yeah. So I think the thing of concentrating on like a one one v one. All I need to do is yeah. find someone to talk to, and if they're on yeah. their own, they're so grateful. Yeah. But it's the thing of like you say, you you go and talk to them and ask them about what they're up to. Yeah. Have you been here before? What are you doing in your business right now? Did you know this news? And if you're asking the questions, almost interviewing them a little bit, yeah. but genuinely really listening yeah, yeah, to yeah, them, because yeah. listening is the art of it. Most people it? talk too much. Yes, and it's the, 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 the art of a good conversation is listening first, yeah. isn't it? So you li- And all you're doing is sitting there listening, thinking about the weight of the tongue mm. in your mouth, and you go, I'm not going to look over your shoulder. I'm deliberately going to not do yeah. that. And I'm going to give you my full intention so I leave a really good mm. impression. Yeah. And then after five or ten minutes, you, something will happen. You go, okay, that was great. Should we do the card thing? Or let me, I'd love to have your card. There is a real art to... How do you exit the conversation? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a real art as well, because most people get that horribly wrong. Yes. So the standard exits are normally, I need to go and get a drink, or I need the toilet. Okay. And they leave you hanging. Yes. And you think, also, it's, just think about that. It's so, so lazy and so sloppy. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, could you not... Or the classic, oh, I just need to speak to someone more important than you. <laughs> Absolutely. So there are subtle, there are nicer ways of doing it. 
the, the one I used to use a lot, oh, I can't remember which book, I nicked it from a book, can't remember which one was, I'm sure, like me, you're here to meet people. So much as I would love to sit and talk to you for hours, this isn't the time or the place. So we need to part. Yes. Remind me, who, what kind of people are you looking for? Fine, because if I find them on my travels, I'm going to send them to you. Is that okay? Perfect. Yeah, that's so that's a nice nice. way. Um, for me these days, because I will tend to know people in the room anyway, for me actually, it's nowadays, it's, listen, I can't stop. I would love to, but let's have a coffee sometime. Now, before I go, is there anybody here that you want me to introduce you to? Yes. And I, and I go, what? I but go, that's being generous again. That's being generous yeah. again and making it easier and acknowledging the fact that it's kind of scary. My first networking, my first Chamber of Commerce breakfast years and years ago, there was no seating plan. Yeah. I think I knew two people out of about 120 in the room. Yeah. And I ended up sitting between two total strangers who then talked to the people the other side. And I sat there with my phone. And I remember it clearly to this day. It was like boarding school. Yeah. First day. And I thought, this is just not for me. Yeah. I tried to look cool and check my emails. But it was a lesson. And the guy on my left who eventually turned around and started talking to me is one of my most valued contacts. Funny enough, he was on my table last night. Yeah. But we still giggle about that. You know, it was like... I like the idea of introducing two people. That's another... If you're trying to get... You, you don't get into the mindset that you're hosting the event, but it's like a trick where you go to mm. go, oh, so who are you looking to meet? Maybe I know mm. them. I can inter- And doing that... Another thing, actually, good. to go rewind, when you arrive at the event, here's something I've just remembered as well. If you, if there's someone specific you want to meet, but you don't know them, but you you know, like one of your targets... Yeah. Something that works is speak to the organisers on the registration desk and go, listen, I don't know if you can help, but I really want to meet so-and-so. Is there any way you can do that for me? Yes. A, you're making them feel great. And one of the most powerful things you can say to someone is, excuse me, I really need your help. Yes. It's not like, oh, fuck off. Yeah. It's not going to happen. So that's quite a good way. Yeah. Um, And something else that occurred to me was, oh... And this is fairly recent, actually. I was at a big breakfast I go to up in Exeter, about 120 people. And as I was leaving, and I'm normally one of the last people to leave, actually, because I get caught up in conversation, there was one of my contacts who was sort of lingering by the door. So we ended up having a chat. And he went, John, I always do this. I always stand by the exit because everybody has to go past me. And I went, God, that's annoyingly simple. Yes. He just hangs by the door. That's Everybody goes past him. Yeah, it's like hanging by the coffee thing. It's like there's going to be a... Absolutely. Oh, flight. here's another little fun tip, okay, because you will find, so you go to a lot of events at hotels, Yeah. and the coffee, you will get given a cup and a saucer like we have in front of us. Yeah. Now, if you stand with a cup and a saucer, it's, it's quite tricky to hold. Yeah. And it gets in You're the way. everything, yeah. Equally, from a practical view, um, it goes cold quickly. Yeah. So I started this years ago... I started taking um, a mug from home, a mug. Yeah. So I would arrive with a mug because it's much more comforting to hold a mug. You cradle a mug. Yeah. And it's easier to hold and you don't have to source man around if you do that. Then people, and it's a conversation start. People yeah. go, you've brought a mug. Yes. And I go, yes, I have because I don't like cups. And then people would say, John, actually have one of our mugs. So it started with the hotel mug. Then other companies would go, actually, John, We've got, would you want one of our mugs? And it then developed into, okay, here's the deal. You give me one of your mugs, so let's say it's a Santander mug for yeah. sake of argument. I said, not only will I use it, I will photograph it and put it out on social media as today's, and I would, I'd go, today's mug is from my chums and my banking chums at Santander. And I varied it up. I've got 
so many mugs. Yeah. <laughs> but it's but it's a talking point. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, you I know, think that's that's part of it. Is having a talking point. Or it's a point of differentiation. Yes. Oh, you marketing people like that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you you said it very well. I can't ever get the words out. So it was a miracle well. that came out as it did, actually. But yes, yeah, so all these other networking tips, I think, also would be be nice. So Ted Rubin, just Ted Rubin's book, Return on Relationships, essential reading. It's not a big book either, and he has yeah. a website. Just be nice. Yes. Um, interestingly, I was interviewed recently for a piece in a magazine. Um, they wanted to title the, the, the piece Return on Relationships. Okay. And it was only because we, Ever and I, had copyright approval, final approval, yes. that we went back to them and said, that's copyrighted, you cannot use that. Ah, lucky you can refer it. to it in the article, but you have to name check Ted Rubin. Yeah. And we'd actually please do that, but you cannot use that as a title. Yeah. Um, oh, there's a, yeah, I mean, again, two years ago, I would never have asked for final copyright. No. But on this occasion, it was yes, definitely. And they said they sent it. They sent so they sent the interview to me. They sent the piece to me. I forwarded it to my copywriter. I didn't. I, didn't, I read it very quickly. Yeah. Who then came back and made the tones okay, but there's one or two big mistakes, and I've rewritten it. So we sent it back, um, and they went. Thanks, John. We agreed. Some of these changes. Yeah, it's fine. Shouldn't be a problem. We're going to go to print on Tuesday. At which point I went, you're not going anywhere. Send it back. So I still haven't seen the final article. Yeah. So they sent it. I said, just because it's you. Uh, yeah, I was being a bit of a diva. But as ever was going, that is representing you. Yeah, you've got to be careful. It's got to be right. So it, they sent it back in and we still made changes. Yeah. No, I, I think, like you say, it's, it's kind of that, that just be nice, I think is a good sort of... I think that word. would be, if you only take one tip away from this, would be be nice. Yeah. No, that's just lovely. be nice because and if people want to follow you and get hold of you <coughs> and possibly come to one of the events what, what, um, you, you could go on to the Sunfire Club website which is whatever it is sunfireclub.co.uk I think or com um, you can find me anywhere on social media um, so I am on Twitter as John Harvey Guru I'm on Instagram um, I am on, I'm on LinkedIn yeah. So uh, another little networking tip or something I do that is peculiar to me, which has been helpful in building my community or building my validity. Yes. Is every, every single morning I update my LinkedIn. Yeah. And it's just one post as to where I'm going, who I'm seeing. I tag people. Yeah. Um, like all good ideas, it started life as a joke. It wasn't intentioned. Um, I thought it'd just be funny. And people now... S- it was, it was fed back to me that that is incredibly useful oh, and really clever yeah. um, because it shows, it validates it, it shows the, the geographical reach of my network yeah. and the level of what some of these people, their partners, owners, directors, and people are going, I had no idea you knew so-and-so. I've been wanting to meet them for ages. And equally, when I meet these people, they're like, John, you name-checked me this morning. I've had a lot of weird people looking, <laughs> at, my, looking at my profile. I went, they will be people from my network who are curious, yeah. and not in a bad way, the fact is that I am spending my time seeing you, that makes them curious. Yes. That actually validates you before anything else has happened. No, it's really powerful. And you told it, me this morning and I was thrilled. It's just, it works. <laughs> so that's something free that yeah. I do. No, that's really, I think, yeah, like you say, if you just to do that thing of I'm going to be doing this mm. today with so-and-so, mm-hmm. I think that even if you're 
not up, even if you're physically just working from home, but you're working on a project for a for a client, yeah. or you're reading a book by someone. Yeah. That little update. I read tag, books. Yeah. That's really good because, like, so they get the person gets a little alert. Yeah, it's just again, you're on the radar. You're being nice. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, read books. You're. I know you're very good at reading books. I'm good at listening to books. That's oh yeah, you do yeah. audio, don't you? Yeah, I do. That's I still like to pick them up. It's a bit of a cheat, really. Pass them. No, no, I, I don't buy think so. them and I don't read them, and then I buy them an audiobook and listen to them driving. So it's, I often will buy them weirdly to make notes in. So uh, I listen yeah, to yeah, it yeah. No, I'm going. Oh, that's really interesting. I'll buy the book. No, I scribble in my books. Yeah. So yeah. No, that's brilliant, John. Thank you so much. You've been. Thank you. You've been extremely generous and extremely nice and uh, pack of value. So and we could you. not have picked a better morning. No, it's beautiful. Beautiful. What time is it? Oh, it's lunchtime. Perfect. Excellent. Segue nicely. Lovely. Thank you, John. Uh, Thank you. Texture. Texture.